Hello, everyone. Welcome to European Talks, the only podcast in the Western Balkans that focuses mainly on the region's EU perspective. Our guest today is Mr. Vladimir Bilcik, member of the European Parliament and the Rapporteur of the European Parliament for Serbia. Uh, Mr. Bilcik, uh, welcome to our podcast. It's uh, really a great pleasure to have you with us today. Good, good, good morning, good day to everyone uh, in the Western Balkans and, of course, uh, to you in Belgrade. And uh, it's very, very nice to be with you. Yes, uh, we're filming, we're recording this uh, episode via Skype and we have uh, many issues uh, to talk about from the recent elections in Serbia to uh, the EU Western Balkans uh, relationships uh, in the future, the regional challenges. But first, we can maybe start with the um, uh, outcomes of the uh, elections in Serbia held uh, last uh, Sunday. Uh, what are your main impressions or your main takeaways? Uh, first, I'm very sorry that uh, uh, the European Parliament and, and I personally uh, wasn't able to uh, be in Serbia, in Belgrade, uh, uh, for this election. We, unfortunately, um, until the situation changes, uh, have stopped all our external missions, so uh, we are not observing anywhere. And this is a wider issue for the Western Balkans because, of course, we have elections coming up in North Macedonia in July and uh, Montenegro in August. Um, and uh, we'll see uh, how, how that changes. So that's been a bit frustrating. At the same time, I have been uh, in very uh, intense contact with uh, um, all political forces, um, member, members of the NGO community, um, mm -hmm. um, representatives of the media, as well as uh, the diplomats in the region for the past uh, few weeks, um, together with my colleague Tanya Fayon, uh, because mm -hmm. we were uh, involved and engaged in mm -hmm. the mediation efforts um, um, in the so-called inter-party dialogue, and we wanted to see how things uh, have changed in the run-up to elections. And of course, we also wanted to assess uh, the consequences of the COVID-19 situation for the mm -hmm. elections. Uh, mm -hmm. This was all a very special election in exceptional circumstances, one of the first elections in Europe um, mm -hmm. coming out of uh, the acute phase of the pandemic. So I was very concerned about uh, the safety of the citizens, the health of the citizens. Um, and basically, in terms of assessing the elections, I still want to wait for the final report by ODIR, mm -hmm. by the OSCE. Mm -hmm. But the statement on Monday is very clear. Mm -hmm. uh, the elections were well organized. Um, and um, particularly the concerns about the health situation, I think they were, um, it seems uh, to me, um, taken care of to a mm -hmm. good extent. Um, uh, at the same time, of course, um, so people had a chance to express uh, their vote. Um, mm -hmm. At the same time, uh, the ODIR is very clear that uh, the election um, uh, basically um, was uh, marked by uh, a narrow political competition, uh, mm -hmm. and um, this uh, is a result of uh, uh, a number of issues with which yes. we have been dealing in the inter-party dialogue. But also, mm -hmm. uh, to some extent, the consequences of the context of the COVID-19 situation, whereby the campaign was concentrated on the media, in the media, uh, and uh, and of course, in that sense, uh, the dominance of the governing uh, parties uh, was uh, um, uh, quite substantial when it comes to the campaign, and that was clear mm -hmm. from the audio report. So I need to wait for the final assessment. Mm -hmm. um, I'm glad the elections went uh, without any violence, without mm -hmm. any, um, you know, 
uh, threats uh, to anybody, which uh, we would notice in any any significant uh, ways or numbers. Uh, uh, we did note it, uh, the reports of some irregularities, but it seems that they weren't mm -hmm. substantial. Um, so uh, uh, we'll have to basically um, uh, go from here. Uh, and uh, I guess we made it very clear uh, in our joint statement from uh, yes. the European Parliament. Maybe this is the last point as, as a matter of first reaction to the election that um, mm -hmm. uh, the dominance of the uh, winner. Um, and I want to mm -hmm. congratulate to all citizens who took part in the elections. I want to congratulate all parties who took part in the uh, uh, this race, um, and I also want to congratulate to those who won because they uh, will have an extremely strong mandate, mm -hmm. and with that mandate also comes a very uh, important responsibility. But uh, we uh, we made it very clear that uh, the absence of a clear pro-European opposition in Parliament uh, shouldn't really uh, be a reason or undermine Serbia's uh, efforts to reform mm -hmm. the country. Mm -hmm. and efforts to uh, drive the change which is so much needed towards uh, uh, the uh, fulfillment of the goal of the European perspective. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think this is, this is something which is the key message. We mm -hmm. in the European Parliament are ready to engage with uh, Narodna Skupština, uh, with mm -hmm. the new MPs, uh, with the new leadership um, which comes out of this election, because I think they have a huge mandate. But that means they will have also a huge responsibility to push for reforms uh, and to push for change. And of course, we are ready and committed to working on improving the conditions for democratic uh, institutions and democratic competition in Serbia. And again, mm -hmm. this will be a challenge. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we want to make sure that uh, uh, basically the changes which began mm -hmm. in the first part of the dialogue uh, will continue through the second phase of the interparty dialogue when we engage with uh, Narodna Skupština in the next phase. So mm -hmm. uh, this would be my general comment on the elections. Mm -hmm. Of course, we can go into some more details. Yes. Uh, I'm very sorry that the opposition uh, uh, did not participate fully in these elections. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I'm sorry we didn't manage to convince uh, parts of the opposition not to participate in these elections. Mm -hmm. um, I've always changed, I've always said uh, boycott is not the way to change politics in Serbia. The only way to change politics in Serbia is to engage in the political institutions. If one doesn't engage in political institutions and political competition, one shouldn't be surprised that they are dominated by um, those who participate in uh, the political competition and elections. So uh, maybe this would be uh, a bit of my political message, but this is something Tanya Fayon and I have been saying yes. as mediators all along. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the question of uh, boycotting is uh, very complex and uh, we might not uh, want to discuss about uh, its effects uh, now, but uh, uh, the fact that there are no oppositional parties uh, practically in the future National Assembly and the fact that uh, many of the oppositional parties who were either boycotting or not the elections uh, were quite uh, disillusioned with the attitude of the main or like the most vocal messengers from the EU when it comes to uh, Serbian Progressive Party, uh, in a way discouraged or made many Serbian citizens also frustrated, uh, uh, if, if uh, you know what I mean, with, the, with the, how the EU is behaving. Your reactions or comments to the elections are much more nuanced or neutral, let's say, compared to other 
Europe officials coming from the EU, be it uh, uh, Commissioner Varelli, who is supposed to be neutral, or the president of the EPP, Donald Tusk, uh, uh, the political uh, group where your political party belongs to. So all this uh, leaves many of the European citizens uh, confused or frustrated and makes our mission as NGOs who want to make uh, Serbia a better place to live uh, more difficult. Um, what would be your message to these reformist political forces, political and societal forces, and uh, how will European Parliament engage with them in the future, and you especially? What? European Parliament has been at the forefront of mm -hmm. uh, the practical engagement in the region. We have been at the forefront of uh, pushing for enlargement for European perspective uh, of the Western Balkans. Um, we all know that, uh, and I've said it over and over, we've lost some time in the region, uh, especially with the previous commission, which uh, said enlargement would not take place during its mandate. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that was a big mistake. Uh, but we are past that stage and now we have a new commission. Um, we have a commissioner who is committed uh, to getting at least one country in the region ready for enlargement by 2024. Uh, and we also have a, a new consensus on the new methodology and we've mm -hmm. opened accession talks with North Macedonia and Albania, creating a sense of a greater not only commitment to the region, but also competition in the region. We all know that uh, negotiations with Serbia and Montenegro have not been moving uh, very much in recent years. Mm -hmm. And uh, we want to make sure that uh, things do start moving. And for that movement, we need some fundamental reforms on the ground. We need to see them uh, delivered, not just on paper. Uh, and we saw it also in these elections. Uh, we've managed a number of changes in the legislation, which were delivered by uh, the outgoing Narodna Skupština. And this was the result of our inter-party dialogue. But mm -hmm. we also need to see a uh, really um, consequential implementation of these measures. And this is also going to be very important in, in upcoming years and a test for the new government, the new leadership, the new majority, uh, because Serbian Progressive Party um, has all along been saying it's keen on um, mm -hmm. Serbia's uh, European perspective, Serbia's membership in the European Union. And I think now it has a huge mandate to really deliver practically on these words. And this is something mm -hmm. we will be watching very closely in uh, the uh, European Union. And we in the European Parliament are ready to engage and continue in the inter-party dialogue and may, maybe also open up other ways of engaging with the new mm -hmm. MPs because there are going to be a lot of new people in Serbian politics, um, mm -hmm. a lot of new MPs. Um, there is kind of a general, generational change in, in Serbian politics. A lot of the politicians who uh, have been active for years, for even decades, are no longer going to be in, in, in the parliament. And, and so I think we need to engage uh, much more actively. And we from the European Parliament are ready to do so. Um, and, and we've already uh, passed these messages on to our counterparts in, in Serbia. Now, mm -hmm. you raised a bigger, more general point about disillusionment uh, among uh, some parts of the Serbian public, also different messaging from the uh, European mm -hmm. Union and its leaders. Let me just say on uh, one reaction on the EPP uh, and Donald Tusk. I think Donald Tusk was extremely clear. I think it's... Um, it's uh, basic um, decency to congratulate the winner uh, of the elections. Uh, and uh, this is something which we did. And I did it myself also in my um, private uh, messages. But uh, Donald Tusk also said very clearly, uh, with such a huge mandate comes huge responsibility. 
uh, and this is a very clear message as well. Uh, and uh, this is not about uh, the situation whereby a winner takes it all. This is about the fact that the new parliament, the new government will represent all of Serbia, all of the Serbian people. And it's important to listen to all of Serbia and all of Serbian people uh, and the concerns uh, which they may have with respect to uh, where Serbia is headed and uh, where Serbia's democracy is headed. Uh, so that's my one uh, one point, and I think we had a very clear message on this. Mm-hmm. Secondly, uh, I've always said, and I said it also publicly for the Serbian media, mm-hmm. I refuse to play, uh, uh, I refuse to play um, uh, um, intra-European parliamentary politics with yes. enlargement and with Serbian politics. Um, Serbian politics cannot be a proxy for the conflicts between the liberals, the socialists uh, and the EPP and others within the European Parliament. Uh, I refuse to do this and I will all refuse to do this. Our task is to really uh, uh, stand behind enlargement because by doing this, we are questioning and those who do this, they, they question enlargement. They question enlargement. They question the European perspective uh, for the region, for the country. And I've always said change will only come gradually in every enlargement is being so it doesn't come through revolution it's only going to come through hard work through delivery of reforms and we need to engage with everyone on that and in that mm-hmm. sense uh, i'm sorry uh, that the skupština uh, is looking the way it is looking and i will also say very openly uh, you know we can be critical of many things when it comes to uh, the government um, uh, president vucic but I, I also think it's important to be constructively critical that is to say when we say we don't like this uh, we also say this is how we think uh, you might work towards change which will move serbia closer to the european union and this is something we have always done and continue to do so and 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 certainly um, it's very difficult to blame either the european union or the Serbian uh, leadership at the moment for the fact that uh, uh, parts of the opposition did not participate in the elections because the Skupšina would have looked different had the opposition participated in elections. And, and uh, um, it's, it, this, is, this is really something which, which I feel uh, is, is an important lesson from these elections. And when you read anybody um, historically who's analyzed democracy and democratic politics, you know, they'll tell you, uh, the last thing you should do is to leave the institutions, to vacate the institutions, because institutions give you power. They give you uh, ability to, however, however difficult the situation may be, but they yes. give you voice, they give you influence. Now, those who were in politics uh, up until these elections and refused to participate in these elections, they are no longer represented in the main political institutions, period, full stop. And in that sense, it's going to be very difficult uh, what happens to them, uh, how they'll engage. I I think it's important to continue our dialogue with all uh, relevant forces in Serbia. Mm -hmm. But of course, we will focus on the government, on the Skupština, because these are the people who got the mandate. Um, One last point, and and this is something uh, which I will say as somebody who also experienced very difficult uh, times, in my country, uh, we are connecting between Belgrade and Bratislava right now, where I am, I'm in my office in Bratislava. And uh, we had a very difficult time in the 1990s in my country. Uh, we had an authoritarian leader whose name was Vladimir Mečiar, mm-hmm. and we got rid of him. Uh, and the European Union has helped us in that. But the main vehicle for change, the main engine came from my country. The election was won by those who opposed Mečiar. And it wasn't one because those people said Mechner is bad. It was one because they had a clear, positive 
agenda. They wanted to reform the country and they said how they're going to do this. And this is something I've been missing from Serbian politics. Serbian politics is very personalized. It's mm -hmm. about personal conflict. It's about whom I don't like. And uh, I've heard uh, so far only limited discussion on what um, Serbian politicians want to do, what they want to change, what they want to bring to the mm -hmm. country. And this is something which is important. So maybe this would be my other message. Try yes. to work on the positive agenda mm -hmm. and also try to unite. You know, mm -hmm. Serbian opposition has been in crisis for years and yes. it's been crumbling. It's been breaking up. Uh, it's very difficult to convince the people that uh, they can vote for somebody or a set of forces which uh, are composed of many small parts which are breaking up for to even smaller parts and 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 basically uh, don't offer a clear vision mm -hmm. clear alternative and don't have a clear leadership so i think there is a lot of political work here uh, and and I, I agree that some parts of society in serbia are frustrated i think what's important for the next government is that uh, there is space there is public space for free political engagement for everyone and even for those who want to be critical uh, of the new government and who want to see uh, that there is uh, an alternative political force emerging in the country, perhaps uh, in coming years, uh, because that is important. We need democratic Serbia, we need pluralistic Serbia, and we need to make sure that people feel safe, but also free in terms of the choices they make. And that's going to be an important responsibility of uh, mm -hmm. the new leadership and new government. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the, you mentioned often that uh, the new political leadership has a huge responsibility now and uh, that uh, uh, the potential developments in the EU are going in the right direction, uh, uh, despite the fact that the state of democracy, according to many experts, uh, has never been uh, worse in the recent uh, history in terms of uh, the state of the rule of law, captured institutions and media. There is a new methodology or a revised uh, accession methodology now uh, being elaborated within the EU, which also calls for greater political steering of the EU enlargement process. Do you see the chance uh, here uh, of uh, you know greater political incentives on both sides that the things and the dynamics would uh, change for the better in the future? Uh, look, it takes. Uh, it's very simple. It takes two to tango. Uh, and uh, uh, we need to do our work on our side, on the side of the European Union, and that is to say, give all the support and clarity uh, in uh, our political work and our political support for enlargement for the European mm -hmm. perspective in the region. In that sense, what is going to be crucial is the Commission's report, which assesses uh, Serbia's progress and challenges over the course of the past two years, and I hope uh, it is published uh, soon after the end of the summer. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that'll be also the basis for my work as the rapporteur and our report in the European Parliament. Uh, and uh, and of course, uh, um, uh, we, I think, will be very clear on uh, the achievements, but also on the tasks that have to be delivered. And here, uh, I uh, again um, underline the fact that the new government uh, will have a huge set of tasks when it comes to delivering on reforms in the area of uh, the rule of law, justice, uh, in the area of uh, the functioning of domestic institutions, public trust in domestic institutions, mm -hmm. um, domestic 
public institutions have to be strengthened and work in the interest of the public. Uh, this is something which which is uh, the bottom line. And again, uh, this is where we see weaknesses all across the Western Balkans. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so uh, we'll, well, let's wait for the report. And, and yes, uh, we all realize there are a number of deficiencies, a number of problems. And I think it's important that uh, these are confronted uh, heads on, uh, not avoided, but confronted heads on by uh, the uh, leadership and the government uh, in Serbia. That's going to be very important. Uh, the European Union is not going to resolve these things. The European Union is not going to bring about a change uh, in politics in Serbia. This is something I, I want to make very clear. We are not Serbian politicians. Uh, we can only help create uh, better conditions for uh, the uh, political competition and for public life in Serbia uh, by giving advice, by facilitating, mm-hmm. by being engaged in dialogue. But the political fight, the yes. political change is something which is up to the Serbian people, up to the Serbian public. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, so I think uh, this is this is really about mobilizing the domestic forces, organizing domestically. I'd urge everybody in Serbia to be engaged, uh, to stay engaged, uh, you know, to uh, really work uh, for the better of the country, uh, to seek better ways uh, to change things in Serbia. I know it is not easy. I know uh, we are living all in challenging times, but nobody is going to do this work for Serbia for Serbia's government or for Serbia's opposition. Uh, mm-hmm. I think this is something which I'd like to make very clear uh, in terms of what our role is and what sorts of expectations people should have of us, because mm-hmm. sometimes the expectations are yes. not really commensurate with what we can deliver. And mm-hmm. and I, I want to underline that we are engaged, we'll be engaged, uh, uh, we want to help, uh, but uh, but uh, but of course uh, uh, this is this is going to be very uh, very much in the hands of, of those mm-hmm. who govern but also of those who are engaged in politics mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were also very much engaged uh, in uh, the uh, parliament's uh, resolution on the conference of the future of europe which calls for the involvement of the western balkans in this uh, conference call it conference this two-year long process um, uh, is there any uh, novelties uh, when it comes to uh, the conceptualization of the conference on the future of Europe and uh, how far are we and how, can we expect uh, any kind of involvement as citizens, as, as political elites? We are speaking on Friday on the 25th of uh, June and mm-hmm. just yesterday in the Council um, uh, of Ministers um, uh, in, among the member states. Uh, uh, we had a um, an agreement uh, on uh, the launch uh, of uh, the conference. So uh, there is development, there is movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, the conference will start. Um, this is going to be a huge task for the upcoming German EU Council presidency, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which takes over um, in July. So that's good news. Now, in terms of uh, what exactly will be the mandate of the conference, mm-hmm. um, how far it will push, and uh, in what ways it'll engage um, the candidate countries that is still to be determined. I just mm-hmm. want to underline for me, for us in the European Parliament, and I also want to say this was an EPP initiative uh, yes. to include mm-hmm. the uh, candidate countries from the Western Balkans uh, in the resolution in, in the European Parliament. It is important that we find ways how we can engage with uh, all the leaders uh, in the Western Balkans. We had an historic uh, summit earlier this year in January 
in uh, the European Parliament when all the speakers from the national parliaments from the region came to the European Parliament. Mm -hmm. That was very important. and uh, we, of course, want to continue with this engagement. Our focus will be the parliaments, work on the parliaments. Parliaments are generally uh, the institutions that need to strengthen uh, in, in uh, yes. the region. Uh, they, they have been weak for all sorts of reasons, uh, also having to do with the polarization of politics in the region mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and kind of the sense winner takes it all. Uh, I think this is something that needs to change. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, and the parliaments need to gain respect. So we will seek ways how we can uh, help improve uh, also through the discussions on democracy, uh, the work of the parliaments, uh, not only across the EU, but also in the candidate countries. But I cannot say any more at the moment. It'll depend on negotiations with the European Commission, with the representatives of the member states. European mm-hmm. Parliament is just one institution in this. We clearly support the engagement uh, of uh, the candidate countries. I've been a vocal supporter mm-hmm. of this. Yes. Uh, and I hope we can push uh, uh, a, an engagement which will make sense because after all we will be discussing our European future mm-hmm. you have a European perspective so this is not just our Europe uh, in the EU but this is our common Europe which uh, should include um, the countries from the Western Balkans and if we give them a signal and if we give you a signal that you're part of this that will only underline our commitments to uh, the European perspective Mm-hmm. And just for the end, uh, uh, it seems like a hot summer here in the Balkans. Um, political tensions are high in Montenegro. There are some developments and relations between uh, Belgrade and Pristina. Um, can you maybe give us your comment on these uh, latest developments? Uh, yes, uh, it is going to be a hot summer. Uh, I hope uh, there are also going to be at least a few tourists coming to the Western Balkans. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's going to be a tough summer as well. We all feel the consequences of the COVID-19 situation. And, and I think uh, the economic and social crisis is likely to hit uh, all across Europe, especially with the coming fall. So let's get ready for that. Uh, but also let's try to see how we can help to use mm-hmm. the hot summer in more pleasant ways uh, than just the political fight. Now, you've mentioned two important issues. Uh, one is uh, the situation in Montenegro. Um, I am also the chair of the European mm-hmm. Parliament's delegation for Montenegro. I was in uh, Podmorica at the end of February. And uh, Montenegro is going to hold important elections um, on uh, uh, at the end of August. Um, and Montenegro as well, you know, is in a situation when they have to deliver, deliver important reforms. Uh, I'm happy to uh, report that uh, Montenegro is the first country in the Western Balkans to have opened all chapters for negotiations, including the chapter on competition policy, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, has been basically agreed uh, just this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's good news. But I think we need to see delivery of reforms, just like in Serbia, also in Montenegro. And European perspective means that uh, neighborly relations are uh, managed in friendly fashion. This is something which we'll watch when it comes to Montenegro's relations with uh, its neighbors and mm-hmm. especially relations between Beograd and, and, and Podgorica. And also, whenever there are problems, the problems are resolved through dialogue. Uh, now, at the moment, we have uh, uh, the open issue of the implementation of the law on religious freedoms in Montenegro. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we've always said, find a way to engage in dialogue. On the one hand, we need to protect the freedom of religion. It is an important and fundamental freedom. On the other hand, we need to protect uh, all other fundamental rights, freedoms, and the integrity of uh, the rule of law, 
and the integrity of um, the state structures um, when it comes to every country in uh, uh, the Western Balkans, including Montenegro. So this is important. I hope that the church and the government find through dialogue and also through the help of the EU institutions. I'm glad mm -hmm. the government in Montenegro said they would wait for the verdict of the uh, European uh, courts and, and other institutions mm -hmm. uh, on how to best proceed with the implementation of this law. So that's important. I hope that the election in Montenegro go peacefully, go well, and that we have some clarity on Montenegro's future government as well when it comes to the European perspective. Now, mm -hmm. last point on uh, the dialogue between Belgrade and Pristina. I'm very happy that it's restarting. Uh, we've given full support to Miroslav Lajčák, uh, with whom I also am frequently in touch. Um, mm -hmm. We both happen to be from Slovakia. Uh, yes. And uh, so uh, we exchange uh, our views. Miroslav Lajčák was just in the region. Uh, he's returned to Brussels, uh, uh, but visited both Pristina and Belgrade. and. Um, it's important that we will have somebody fully engaged in the dialogue led by the European Union and the dialogue will take place uh, in the region. Uh, and this is very important. Miroslav Lajčák has built his team in Brussels, in Pristina, in Belgrade, and he's ready to get engaged. Now, we have clarity on a strong mandate for political leadership in uh, Belgrade. And I think that is a big chance to really make progress in the dialogue. I think we need equal clarity in Pristina uh, mm -hmm. in terms of uh, who will negotiate with what mandate, uh, because the political situation in Kosovo is uh, a bit uh, more precarious at the moment. Uh, but I have hopes for the dialogue. We need to resolve the relations between Belgrade and Pristina. There has to be a legally binding agreement. This would help the people on the ground enormously. Mm -hmm. The Kosovars, the Serbs, everybody in the region. I think it would also be a big boost uh, when it comes to the European perspective of the region, uh, both in Kosovo and in Serbia. Uh, let me make it very clear, you know, resolution of the relations doesn't mean that this country, this, this, uh, this, um, uh, uh, this um, capitals can automatically count on uh, uh, future membership in the European Union. No, no, but. Uh, a resolution of those relations is an important part, an important mm -hmm. step uh, for the European perspective of the region. Because we have seen this uh, across the Western Balkans, especially in recent uh, uh, months. We are also facing a wider geopolitical competition. Yes. The COVID-19 situation mm -hmm. has really accentuated uh, the wider conflict between Russia, China and the European Union mm -hmm. for attention in the region. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, I want to underline that the EU is committed, has been committed to the region. Uh, we are not used to just coming to the region for, uh, um, you know, for taking photographs. We have delivered in real tangible ways uh, aid to the people. Let me just say uh, um, the hospitals in Serbia mm -hmm. uh, were ready to deal with uh, the patients. Also, thanks to the investments that we from the European Union have helped to make in these hospitals over the course of the past 10 or 15 years. Uh, and we've also helped uh, in recent uh, months and, and weeks, and we will continue to help. Uh, the EU has been by, by far the largest donor mm -hmm. of political and economic support to the region, to Serbia. And I think this should be known to the people and this should be loud and clear to everybody. Uh, so I see also the resolution of these regional issues 
uh, rising tension between Serbia and Montenegro, and of course, especially the dialogue between Pristina and, and Belgrade, which I would like to see in a legally binding agreement, uh, ultimately, as, mm-hmm. as the result, uh, as, as a big help to uh, bring stability, which will push for the European future of this region. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's end then on this uh, positive note, uh, Mr. Vilcic. Is there anything that you would like to add in this conversation that has not no, been I just, mentioned? No, I just want to add, and I know we have uh, run over time a little bit, but uh, I'll be very happy to talk with you again. Uh, I uh, uh, hope to be back in the region as soon mm-hmm. as it's possible physically, but I've been uh, happy to connect online with everybody. Uh, And let me make it clear, um, you know, uh, we are doing our best uh, to try to make things uh, change, uh, move and happen on the ground. And um, the European Union is very much committed to the European future of the Western Balkans. Uh, And uh, the more uh, progress we'll see in the region, the better it will be also for us in the European institutions to make the case for enlargement for your European perspective, because uh, there are also a number of forces in the EU which uh, are not necessarily so keen on enlargement as uh, mm-hmm. perhaps I am. Uh, and uh, so uh, it takes two to tango, as I say, and uh, it's about the clarity of messages, but it's also about the clarity of reforms. And it's also about the clarity uh, of commitments. We all have some work to do. We all have some commitments. And we should stick to those. And this goes for uh, the whole region. Um, It also um, is my message uh, to uh, the new uh, leadership in Serbia following these elections. Uh, I very much look forward to working together on important reforms with the next uh, Serbian parliament and, of course, the next Serbian government, because uh, that's the only way uh, to bring about uh, change, uh, which also the people on the ground will feel. Um, And Mm -hmm. I hope you can continue to do your work uh, the way you have done uh, mm-hmm. and to discuss these issues openly, freely uh, yes. and with everybody in the Western Balkans, that's important. So your work is also very much important. And uh, uh, of course, um, uh, we Europeans uh, will support you in any way, including through participation in these conversations. So thanks again for the opportunity. Uh, thank you very much for your encouraging messages and for this conversation. Bye-bye.